Hey, I have not had an energy drink in a while. Ooh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a congratulations. I still have them every once in a while. But like right now I'm drinking what's in here? It's like this uh it's like stuff for working out. It's like uh I think there's creatine in here and there's a uh it's like a mixture it's called Hyper X and it's called a pre-workout. So it's something you drink that gives you like energy before you go work out. So I haven't read all the chemicals in this one, but I'm you probably don't sure. want to. You don't want to. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is not better than the zero calorie uh, monster I was drinking. <laughs> if I really wanted to break it down, it's probably not better. But hey, it's something. Something, something bad for you, for sure. <laughs> uh, we have oh, a few um, topics to talk about. I also want to share an update about the iPad Pro giveaway. But first, I want to thank our first sponsor, and that's our friend at Jamf Now. As a business grows, so does its digital inventory. Jamf Now makes it easy to set up, manage, and protect your Apple devices from anywhere. No IT experience needed. That way you can focus on your business in trying, instead of trying to focus on the IT stuff. Uh, now let's talk iOS listeners can start securing their business by managing their first three devices for free. And you can also add more starting at just $2 a month per device. Create your free account today at jamf.com slash let's talk. That's J-A-M-F dot com slash let's talk. All right, drum roll. For the announcement. Uh, ah, it's a terrible drum roll. That's pretty bad. It sounds like a, a key got stuck on the keyboard, you know, <laughs> <laughs> on an old like, Windows computer or something. I was, I was basically just kind of gargling spit. I thought it would sound better. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the giveaway or the contest to enter the giveaway is over it's officially over it's been running for four weeks last week was the last week to discover uh the fourth word of the phrase that was to be assembled we've received several hundred entries some little sneaky deaky guys tried to send like multiple uh emails but smarty pants sebastian was here to filter it out so <laughs> <laughs> no cheating allowed there might have been some cheaters um but i don't i haven't i haven't figured it out the one i figured out were all eliminated um what was the phrase Oh, yeah, I guess that's, uh, I didn't even put this in, in the post about. <laughs> <laughs> that's all like a lot of people want to know is just tell us what the phrase was. Um, the phrase was <laughs> built from the heart. And, uh, it was a quote from Steve Jobs, uh, an old, old, uh, quotes from Steve Jobs. I can't remember specifically uh, to uh, what he was referring to uh, specifically, um, but yeah, we can all assume he was something about Apple products. Uh, <laughs> so Thanks, that that, <laughs> that was the phrase, and I would say that ninety five percent of entries got this phrase right, and some of them got it wrong, or some people <laughs> sent I sent entries. Uh, and they didn't assemble the phrase, so they had like the four words, you know, but they didn't put it put it back in the correct order. So that was kind of a uh, a, a missed opportunity here. Um, so yeah, we found we found uh, a winner. It was selected randomly. I asked 
Siri to give me a number, uh, a random number, and I looked at the totality of emails I had received for this and whatever Siri, the number Siri gave me, which by the way was 122. I, um, I just selected the 122nd uh, email in the list. And that okay. email was from Mario B. Uh, I'm not sharing his last name because I haven't heard back from him yet at, at the time of recording. I have his last name. I have his address. I sent him an email. Uh, but since I don't know, I don't have his approval to share his full name, uh, I'm not doing this quite yet. If we do have his approval, we'll share that on uh, on the post later on. So I contacted, contacted Mario and... Um, I uh, let him know that he won, waiting to hear from him. Yeah, it's secretly me. I just got. <laughs> yeah, did you see? Did you see? We there is this. Uh, this. Uh, oh, the tweet we got before we got on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's what Con Dyson Flow. That's his name on Twitter. His username. And he says, "Little does Sebastian know that Mario B is really <laughs> Cody." <laughs> I was yep. cracking up. <laughs> that was the funny. That's one of my many email addresses. Yeah. <laughs> and personalities. <laughs> Su- pseudonyms. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Uh, do you live in Georgia? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's not you then. <laughs> did the did the email say "Go Cowboys" at the bottom? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's your signature. <laughs> that's my signature on all my personal emails. <laughs> now, so congratulations to Mario for winning this uh, this iPad, and I also want to thank iMobi who um, really made this giveaway possible by sponsoring it. Um, check out any trends. Uh, Chances are, Anytrans is one of the products that they make, one of the software they make. And chances are, that's a product, that's a piece of software you could really use on your Mac. Again, the link is in the show notes and everything. So um, go check it out. And again, I want to thank everybody for, for entering the contest. Um, that, that was, I think that was a, that was a fun one. That was a good one. We get very good feedback from what I did personally. Get a lot of good feedback from people who said that they appreciated this sort of mechanics for the giveaway because it didn't reward some random guy who just showed up and retweeted or left a comment, but rewarded someone who actually spent time and effort uh, listening to us and uh, who's probably a a, a loyal uh, listener of this podcast. So I'm very happy about that. Unless... He had everything transferred from speech to text and then just did a search for the word of the day or the phrase of the day. Yeah, that could have. I mean, yeah. Could, yeah. Is that what you did? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just thought, I was like, what's a way that, what's, what would be like a really smart way to get around the, the rules of this contest? And that's what I came up with. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that could have. Or you could have just, you know, Instead of spending hours trying to figure out how to make it work, just spend four hours listening to four episodes and you're good. Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to the next giveaway. I don't know when that is going to be. I don't know what the prize is going to be. Um, but if uh, Apple releases uh, AirPods, I can tell you that this is going to be the next prize for sure. Right. Yeah, that was fun. I'm glad we did that one. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, before we get let's dive into like our actual topics here, we did want to make a quick, uh, just a little note here, a little public service announcement, if you will. Uh, 
this is the last month, okay? This is uh, the last about 15 or 20 days that you're going to have to be able to get a battery replacement for your iPhone at the discounted $29 price. I believe after December 31st, it goes back up to its original price of, is it $79? I think yes. it's $79. Yep. Correcto mundo. And really, this is for the people out there, including my mom. Mom, if you're listening, go get your battery replaced. I believe she has an iPhone 6 Plus, and I've been telling her for months because she complains about how slow it is. I'm like, just go, you know, just go get it replaced. But I don't know. I just feel like sometimes for the Apple stores are a little intimidating to maybe some older people, and she just doesn't want to go. But uh, yeah. 20, 29 bucks, and I'm telling you, the people I've talked to that have had this done, it feels like a brand new phone. Like it's much faster, it's much more reliable. You're not going to see the power cycles at you know, um, forty percent or fifty percent like you're seeing sometimes. It's it's really going to make all the difference. So, step into your Apple Store, say you want to get the the battery replacement. I think it's for. Do we have off the top of our heads what the uh, what all models are included in this replacement program? Yeah, it's iPhone SE 6, 6 Plus, obviously, 6S, 6X, 6S Plus, 7, and 7 Plus. So SE to 7 Plus, basically. It's funny because this uh, I exper- actually experienced this this morning for the first time. I was doing something on my... Uh, on a test iPhone 6. This one is a 6. Oh, it says 6S in the back, but I'm pretty sure it's a 6. Um, yeah, I was doing some, I was testing some stuff on an iPhone 6, and all of a sudden the phone got very slow and it just crashed and rebooted. And after it rebooted, it told me that uh, um, because of uh, the, the phone couldn't perform at its peak performance uh, due to a peak in uh, power. Uh, it had to crash, but to prevent this going forward, Apple uh, enabled a setting uh, that uh, was going to throttle, basically, uh, this iPhone and prevent this going forward. It told me to go in battery settings to read more, which I did. And in battery settings, that's where you can disable this um, quote-unquote feature um, that uh, that basically throttles your your device, but that was d- because I change my devices every year. I never really have battery issues. That was the very first time I really experienced this firsthand and having the message show up, the banner show up on the on the lock screen after rebooting. So that was uh, an interesting coincidence. Yeah, I uh, I'm the same as you. I, I switch out devices every year, and uh, unlike you, though, I think you keep most of your iPhones around. I usually sell mine off. Uh, to kind of help pay for the newer phones. And then, of course, within the last year, I've joined the iPhone upgrade program. Uh, so I don't need to mess with selling, but I do still get rid of that old phone. Um, I do have an SE uh, laying around here. And uh, I did not know they were included in this battery thing. Uh, it makes me kind of wonder if I should uh, pop in and just get that replaced. Even though it's one, it's not seeing any use right now. It's just more or less a backup phone or maybe a test phone. And two, I've definitely never seen anything related to uh, any of these battery issues. I feel like because it got such little use, remember it was – I think I used it as like a, a bridge device between the 7 Plus and the iPhone X. Mm-hmm. So I think I only used it for like five, four or five months maybe. Um, not nearly long enough that it would wear out the battery or, or force any of these issues. So I don't know. Something to think about. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I know I had a couple of things written down in the show notes that I was like, we have to talk about these things. And one of them was uh, an identity theft scare. And this came from me. This is the first time I've really experienced anything like this. So I thought, you know, the experience was kind of different. And and I I don't know. It was just kind of interesting to me how it all played out. So uh, let me kind of set the stage for you. I think it's there's a little like a little lesson here that it, it you know people would benefit from knowing. So I received an email. I want to say it was Thursday afternoon. I received an email that said it was from Apple and it said, we want to get your feedback on how it was talking to our support team. And immediately it kind of freaks me out because I was like, I have not called Apple support and I don't know how long. And so to get an email like this that looks very official, my first instinct is it's got to be phishing, right? It's going to tell me to click somewhere, and then it's going to ask me to re-put in my Apple ID stuff, and I'm, of course, not going to do it. I'm too smart for that. Um, But it was just a survey. And so I got curious, and I go, okay, well, let me look in the header, like I always do of these things. I look in the header of the email, and sure enough, it, it looks like an actual Apple domain that the email's coming from. And so I'm going, hmm, that's really weird. So I said, let's see what clicking one of these ratings takes me to. Let's see if it takes me to an actual Apple page or somewhere else. And so I copied the link from the number one and I pasted it into a URL, uh, you know, the the top of um, the search bar of Safari. Yeah, thank you. And I laid it out and it's sure enough, it's an actual Apple address. And so I thought, this is really strange. And so I kind of left it alone. I was like, okay, maybe I got this by mistake or something. But the more I thought about, the more worried I got. I was like, somebody... This we read about it all the time. Somebody called in to support to try to get my Apple ID information. And so I said, you know what? I'm gonna call in. I'm gonna see if I can get, you know, some kind of information on what's going on. So I called in um and I spoke with somebody. Very I wish I could remember his name because I totally give him a shout out. Very cool, very patient with me. But I um uh I said, Hey, look, I just got this email and it's kind of freaking me out. Could you just tell me, you know, did somebody call in recently on my account? And you're kind of stuck in this weird place because you've got to think. I for one am thinking I, I've got a couple things going on in my head. Okay. For one, I'm thinking somebody tried to get into my account, but this person on the other end of the line, uh working for Apple, they've been trained to not give any personal information out without hitting a bunch of authenticators as well so you've got two people kind of playing chess against each other that he's trying to kind of hide the information because he he doesn't want me to be somebody that's trying to get somebody else's password information does that make sense like it definitely felt like a game of chess or something i can imagine the other guy on (laughs) on the phone at the end of the phone the apple employee being like i don't know did you call for support and you're like well did you really? Yeah, it sounds like a Tom and Jerry, yeah. you know, uh, cartoon, but it really felt like that for like the first 10 minutes. And finally, I was like, hey, is there any way we can verify who I am so we can get onto it? Because he was like, uh, we're, we're, I'm not allowed to get out, give out that information, da da da. So, anyways, we figure out that I, I can go into, I can sign into Apple ID through Safari and I can, um, give him a, what's called a support pin. Right. I'm sure there's people out there that have done this before. Yeah. Uh, but you, he goes, okay, what's the support pin? It's just kind of like a two factor authentication, just like you would do through, you know, countless other programs, authorization programs. Google Auth, I think is one I use a lot. And I gave him the four digits. He's like, all right, cool. I have identified who you are. And so now I can give you a little more information. He did some digging and it turns out that 
one of the items that I've sold over the years, one of the Apple products, like an iPad or an iPhone or something like that, uh, that I'd sold through eBay, somebody had called into Apple support regarding one of those items. Like they either gave them the, you know, the serial number, IMEI number, whatever it is. And uh... that, that device was still attached to my Apple ID. So I got the email incorrectly because I'm sure the other person, the right person also got the email, but it just tends to happen. And it's really the way he explained it to me on the phone. He said, if you've called in to support regarding a device, there's a very good chance that your Apple ID sticks on that device for if a future owner of that device calls in regarding the same serial number. So um, again, I mean, the whole thing took, oh, I don't know. Less than 30 minutes probably, but I was just – one, I was impressed by his helpfulness and his patience really because you got to imagine I'm kind of freaking out. If you think somebody's still in your app, I mean that's a big deal. Um, and uh, so anyways, it worked out. Nothing really to be worried about, but I just want to let people know if you do get one of these random uh, support emails, think about it. Did you sell an iPad or an iPhone or a MacBook or something like that that somebody else may be calling on? There's a good chance that's what it is. It's kind of a bummer. I thought that that would be much more dramatic that, you know, you would have to <laughs> maybe meet someone in a parking lot and fight him with a knife until one of you, <laughs> until one of you can survive or prove that you are the real owner of this iPad or whatever. <laughs> oh, man. No, nothing that drastic. But again, like I said, it's the way it started out. I was terrible. You got to think everything that's attached to your Apple ID. I've got hundreds of movies in there. And if somebody takes that or if you somehow get locked out of that it seems like there's very little you can do um so yeah anyways that's that's where i was at and um it ended nicely well how did it end though like so the guy said well yeah it's from this ipad and you figured out maybe both of you figured out that it was from an old ipad that you own did you remove this ipad from your account going forward um, he said he did. Yeah. He's like, your email address has been, is not attached to that device anymore. So you shouldn't get any more of these support emails. So, okay. I was just going to point you to a post that Sandy published this, uh, this last week, actually, on how to disable find my iPhone remotely and how to, uh, disattach or unattach. Is that even a word? Um, regardless, you get what I mean. Remove the attachment right. between, uh, an, an Apple product that you owned. And your Apple ID. So this is, I think, very, very common. Actually, a cousin of mine called me two or three weeks ago asking how to do just that. And that's actually how this came, this post came to be. Um, she gave me the idea to, to do a post about this. She had sold her iPhone to someone and she had not turned off um, or disabled uh, Find My iPhone. So even though she had completely wiped the device, it was still linked to her Apple ID, so the other person, the new buy- the buyer, could not set up this uh, this iPhone with uh, with her um, personal um, Apple ID. So basically, what you had to do is go on- online or use the Find My iPhone app on any iPhone that you have or a friend of yours or whatever. But the best is to go just go in the in the browser, go to um, iCloud.com, log in with your Apple ID and password, click on the Find My iPhone or Find iPhone app. And look for the device that you sold or whatever that you don't have anymore. Uh, look for it and just uh, click uh, remove. You can just remove it from from your account. And going forward, the person can uh, log in to to their uh, using their Apple ID, and it's not linked to you anymore. 
so that that avoids like receiving the sort of emails uh, that you um, that you received, Cody. Well, it's a little different, I think, because in iCloud, these devices are removed. If you go into my iCloud and you look at my devices, you see I only have the current iPhone, the watch, the MacBook. Um, and I think even the most recent iPad Pro I had, which I only sold, you know, like a month or a couple of months ago, um, is gone. So in iCloud, it's not there. It's really just an internal thing for Apple systems. And it's really tied to the support system. So whatever the back end that's handling their uh, support ticketing uh, for Apple is what had attached that email address uh, to that device. So even though I removed it from iCloud, I can't see it and find my iPhone or find my friends or anything like that. Um, it's Apple, Apple's computer still recognize that serial number or whatever as my device. And again, it's just like something to do with the back end of the support system. Yeah. So kind of, kind of, again, kind of an interesting turnout there and something I didn't know and, uh, something I'll know for the future. If I get one of those goofy emails again, I won't freak out right away. Question. Sure. Do you use, um, do you use two factor authentication for your Apple ID? Yeah, I do. And this is something the guy brought up as well. He's like, well, now that I've authenticated who you are, he's like, I could tell you that you use two-factor authentication. He's like, this is, he didn't say like, this is unpenetrable, but he's like, this is a very high level security. You should feel pretty safe about using this. He's like, you'll get it because you'll get an alert if somebody is able to log in. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I've seen it before, but it'll even show me my logins. It's like, look, you somebody just logged in from this location on this device. I was like, cool, that's me. Mm-hmm. So I see what that interface looks like. If it was to be somebody else, I, I would think I would get that same kind of alert immediately. Actually, I log in to um, Apple or iCloud quite a bit for you know doing posts or looking, researching stuff and for tutorials and stuff like this. And right. man, I'm so annoyed by the six-digit code uh, you know, temporary password that you have to enter every time you enter your um, your Apple ID on a website or something like this. Seriously, I have to, you know, like you go to iCloud.com and enter your email address, your Apple ID, click, uh, you know, login, and then you see like a, a, like a little pop-up showing a location saying, uh, this device is trying to enter your Apple ID. Do you agree? Okay, I click okay, and it gives me a six-digit uh, number, and I enter this number and then that unlocks the website. And then I say, I click trust this computer, trust this browser. <laughs> I do this all the time. And yet and it never pretty, remembers. pretty much every day I have to enter this. And it's such an inconvenience. It's such an inconvenience to the point where this morning I was like, should I just turn off to factor authentication? Because that happens so often that it is a real major inconvenience to me to have to do that all the time. And mind you, I mean, it's, it's, it's not like I have to walk 20 miles to get the password and come back, you know, in the <laughs> desert or something. It's right here on the same computer that I'm trying to access too. I mean, it, it doesn't even make sense because it's like if someone stole my computer and somehow, you know, like the computer was unlocked, they would, they would totally be able to get in because I'm trying to log into iCloud.com from my computer and then I get this pop-up message on my computer. I also get it on my iPhone, iPad, and all my other devices. But it's also, I mean, it's most importantly, it's appearing. It's showing up on the one device I'm trying to log in with saying, do you want to access? I'm like, sure. And, you know, I click OK, and it shows me the number. I'm like, this doesn't even make sense. 
because it's not secure. If someone stole my computer in the state that it is unlocked, then they would access they would get access to everything because there's no like real other device to authenticate me. It's being authenticated on the main device. Anyway, that's one of my pet peeves. And people who don't use two-factor authentication with Apple ID will not understand what I'm talking about. Those you d- who do and sometimes log in on, on in a browser uh, will um, will understand the pain that it is to to deal with uh, two-factor. I'll, I'll agree with you that it's really dumb that Apple sends you the 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 pin or whatever the secure pin on the same device you're logging in. That's that never made sense to me. It, just like the uh, you know the situation you set up, somebody could easily just oh okay, thanks for that pin that I was never going to get. Yeah, but you just showed it to me. Exactly. I will say this though, I do like Apple's way of doing it. How it's just a self-contained alert box. Yeah. Because I use two-factor authentication across, I think every other service I use, at least the main like important ones, and it's always text messages, and it really drives me nuts that. You know, at any given time, if I look in my inbox, you know, I've got it set up pretty nice where it's like it's either first and last names or it's just in an, a, a nice orderly fashion. I've got even photos and most of my contacts like I've got it set up nice. And then you just have these like six numbers, you know, like these one offs. And if you do it with enough services, you can have like five or six of these threads going that I just have to end up deleting. And it's a little easier with uh, now that messages in iCloud, I can delete it on one device and it deletes it on all of them. But there was definitely a time where I was having to delete each one of these from each one of my devices every time I wanted to use two-factor authentication, which could be daily. So I'm a little – that's one of my pet peeves is the text message way of this two-factor authentication. I don't like having to go back in and delete these texts because for whatever reason, aesthetically, it bothers me to have like – First and last name, first and last name, picture, picture. And then this just blank kind of random box of like seven digits or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I do like Apple's self-contained alert. And don't get me wrong, iOS 12 and, and the latest version of macOS brought about the ability to uh, – you can it'll automatically grab the uh, authentication code from your text messages and let you insert it without having to open the messages app. So that, that definitely speeds things along. That's, that's a great help. But again, I have to go back and delete these kind of empty text boxes from my uh, inbox. And it's, ah, bleh. Well, quite frankly, I stay away f- as much as possible, as much as it is possible to me to stay away from, um, from services that require SMS for authentication. Uh, I know Twitter for a long time, if you had uh, 2FA turned on, it would send you uh, a code via text. And I turned this off. Uh, as soon as they implemented a better way, now I, I manage this with a six-digit code in uh, uh, with one password actually that auto-generates. You know, every thirty seconds auto-generates a token. Uh, I do this for Facebook. I do this for anything really that requires right. two-factor authentication and does not require SMS. Some services, honestly, I don't. I can't think of any from the top of my head. But I know does that's... PayPal for you require SMS? Two factor? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember. I don't even know if I have two FA turned on on. on. <laughs> now, now that well, uh oh. <laughs> now that you mention it, uh, now that you mention it, I'm like I've never had to enter. I don't think I've ever had to enter anything, and I use you know PayPal uh, several times a month, so I would have noticed. 
um, but definitely not by SMS. I know that there are a few services that do, and it's very few, for for me very few and far in between. But when it, when I when I'm forced to use SMS uh, for that, I feel I I don't like it because I think it's been proven uh, several times, especially over the, the the last few months, that SMS. Or, or rather, like cell companies are not the best at keeping your data private and are prone to uh, social engineering and, you know, people calling in to AT&T and pretend to be you and getting like a, a SIM card sent to them with your phone number. I mean, that happened to one of my friends, actually. So I know this actually, it's not just, you know, online that you read these horror stories. Um, so as, as much as I can stay away from SMS authentication, I do it. And then rely on uh, an app like uh, uh, Authy or Google Authenticator or One Password for me, which is my main uh, point of uh, point for everything pass passwords and everything. Right. Um, anything else about uh, password passcodes? And <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, how did we get here? But then I thought, oh yeah, the whole uh, the whole uh, Apple ID identity theft thing. Yeah, I'm just glad the way that turned out. All right. Uh, you mentioned that you use uh, iMessage in iCloud. I want to remind me, let me put a pin in this and remind me to talk to you about this in a couple of minutes. But first, I want to tell you about our next sponsor. And it's a new sponsor. It's our friends at Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon's mission is simple, to make sure that all your basics are smartly designed and shopping for them is easy and convenient. Uh, the story behind Mike Weldon is actually pretty familiar. Uh, the guys behind the company were not really satisfied with the lack of consistency in the quality and, and the fit of the underwear they were buying. So what did they do? They just created their own underwear company. Pretty cool. Um, the difference, as they say, is in the detail. So they were obsessed over... Uh, every stitch and every seam until they reached out uh, the perfection of uh, underwear and other products. Mac Weldon's believe in small design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. Uh, their products will be some of the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, or hoodies, and sweatpants that you will, you will ever wear. Uh, they want you to be comfortable, so if you don't like your first pair of product that you buy from Mac Weldon, you can keep it, and they will refund you no question asked. Well, this this uh, giving a testimony of this is actually pretty simple for me because I've been a customer of Mac Weldon. You know, sometimes companies uh, send us you know, samples to review to make this uh, sponsor break. But for me personally, I bought Mac Weldon's product well over a year ago, so well before they were a sponsor of this show. Um, personally, I bought some uh, briefs from them, you know, some underwear briefs. That's the design I feel most comfortable in and I like the best. Um, so I've had them for well over a year and they look good. Um, they offer different colors and patterns you can choose from. Uh, I like to have like flashy underwear, even though my wife is the only one who actually see, gets to see them. Um, and, uh, I like that they don't break the bank. They're not uh, outrageously expensive. And they fit good, which is probably the most important thing about the underwear, right? You're going to spend 8, 10, 12 more, more hours, more than 12 hours a day in your underwear. So you want them to fit uh, and be good and be comfortable. Um, they've, they've spent dozens of trips. I'm talking about my underwear, my Mike Weldon underwear. They've spent dozens of trips 
in the the washing machine and the dryer, and they still feel and look just like they were a year and so ago when I uh, when I bought them. That's why I feel pretty confident recommending, like truly recommending these products to uh, Let's Talk iOS listeners. And I even feel better about it because uh, Mike Weldon is offering a great deal to Let's Talk iOS listeners for twenty. For 20% off your first order, you can visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code TALKIOS at checkout. Uh, that's MacWeldon.com, M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Enter promo code TALKIOS at checkout and you get 21st, 20% of your first order. And remember, you, pre- you pretty much have nothing to lose. If you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it and they will still refund you. No question asked. So go check it out, MacWellon.com, promo code TALKIOS. Okay, you said put a pin in something. Uh, <laughs> it was like literally three minutes ago, and all I remember is put a pin in this. Uh, that's funny because as I was saying that three minutes ago, I, I actually did the gesture of putting a pin against the wall. <laughs> so I basically have an invisible virtual pin <laughs> next to my computer here. And I wanted to briefly... Talk about uh, iMessage in iCloud, in the cloud, whatever the proper name is for this. So you use iMessage in iCloud? Um, I mean, <laughs> when you say you use it, I feel like... Well, not. do you have it enabled? That's it's what I enabled. Mean. There you go. Okay. It's not something I like take advantage of on a daily basis. <laughs> I just literally click the button that says enabled, and now sometimes when I delete messages, I notice they're deleted everywhere. Okay. That's my extent of experience with it. Okay. I don't know. I feel weird about about this, about using iMessage in iCloud for some reason. That's, you know, I'm, I'm all in on the cloud. I mean, all my photos, <laughs> all my photos are in iCloud. All my music is in iCloud. And, uh, you know, arguably my, my photos are much more valuable than the text messages I send to people. Yet, right. I don't know. I just, there's something about it that I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's like the, the, the ramblings about the first betas of messages in iCloud and, and, and the horror stories and stuff like this. But, and, uh, it's, it might also be related to the fact that I don't want all my, you know, all my, the photos and videos that I send and receive via iMessage to be stored in iCloud, which would take a lot of space, uh, I think, in iCloud. And uh, that's probably why I haven't really enabled it. But the, the, the thought of deleting a message on my iPhone and have it disappear from my iPad or my Mac, this sounds very appealing to me. Well, first of all, we need to make a t-shirt that says, I'm all in on the cloud <laughs> with an exclamation point. Because I don't know, I, it would just be hilarious to see somebody wearing that, like with a smile on their face. Like, yep, I did it. I'm all in. Uh, but second of all, you know, I didn't give a lot of thought to the all of the bad stuff we read about iMessage. It was literally, I was driven by the two-factor authentication text messages. I was like, I've got to get these uh, you know, just these numbered texts out of my inbox on not just my iPhone, but my Mac at the time, my iPad, and then also my Apple Watch. You don't, you know, it's you kind of don't think about there being a message app and an inbox on your Apple Watch, but there is. And it, again, it was enough to bother me where I was like, I don't want to go through and delete this every time I do use two factor authentication. So I I enabled it, and really the only back backlash or uh, negative thing i've seen since i've enabled uh 
messages in iCloud is sometimes I will get double I will see double of the same thread. Does that make sense? So like uh okay, so for my Twitter, I I still have my Twitter uh certain accounts that I have enabled. I have mobile notifications turned on, so it'll actually send me a text when they tweet out. And uh, I see that double on my iPhone sometimes. I will have two Twitter text SMS threads that are identical, mm. and I'll tap on one, and it'll be the exact same that's in the other one. But if I've done this already, I've tried it, I deleted one of the two, and both disappeared. And I was just like, ah. <laughs> that was. They could have gone one of two ways. It could have just deleted the one that I wanted, or it was going to delete both of them, and it went the wrong way, so... I don't know. Again, not a huge deal. It didn't bum me out to lose that Twitter notification text thread. Uh, but just it's really the only odd thing I've seen since enabling messages in the cloud. Hmm. Okay. See, that's the kind of thing that would bother me to have like this this duplicate conversation. And one of them might be a ghost one that, that you know, clearly doesn't exist. And it's just a, 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 a copy of the other one that that just would bother me. So I think yeah. I'm just gonna sit. I'm gonna sit out on this one for a little longer and uh, and uh, and check it out later. Yeah, it's only been out what three months, two months maybe. They released iOS 12 in September, so it's yeah, it's it's still very early uh, in its days. So yeah, if you're worried about it, maybe give it six months. Again, I don't see this double thread all the time. It's just every once in a while it rears its ugly head. And I'm like, ah, I got to leave it alone or restart messages app or something. I don't worry about it that much. It's not like I'm constantly trying to figure out how to get rid of it. Okay. Uh, Was that all you had on messages in the cloud? Just, uh, I don't know. (laughs) A little bit of curiosity. That's it. Okay. Uh, So we definitely have some Apple Watch stuff to talk about. Uh, Apple released a huge new app or feature, whatever you want to call. Before we get to that, though, well, this is Apple Watch related, but I just wanted to reiterate my stance on this. So I got a lot of helpful tweets and emails from people after we did our little complaint department episode last week. Uh, And my again, just to kind of refresh everybody's memories, my big beef with uh, uh, Apple Watch's uh, exercise UI is... Uh, it's just not very, I don't feel like it's playing out. I don't feel like somebody who runs or who's doing strenuous exercise has used the Apple watch within Apple has used the Apple watch to try to like do some things while you're in the middle of strenuous exercise. So my, my biggest issue was when you, okay, uh, it'll be easier to just give you kind of the context. So I, I walk in the gym. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get on the treadmill. I just do my stretches or whatever, get on the treadmill, and I just kind of start running. I'd rather do that than have to actually activate the exercise myself, which is fine. The Apple Watch is very good about, you know, recognizing that my heart rate's going up, maybe the sensor's moving faster, and it's like, hey, Cody, I think you're doing an indoor run. And I'm like, you're darn right I'm doing an indoor run. So I tap the indoor run button or track the indoor run button, and it it basically uh, backdates it. It's like, okay, he's been running for three minutes, so it adds that time. I love the way that feature works. Okay, so I'm mid, let's say I'm going three miles. And so I'm getting close to that three mile mark. And I notice looking at the treadmill, I notice my time is just incredible. I'm like, oh man, I might be able to beat my personal best. And so this is the latest thing that happens. I look at my phone or I look at my Apple Watch because it doesn't always match up with the treadmill. And so I'm trying to see how much longer I have left on my Apple Watch. Because the treadmill says I have like 0.2 miles left. And so I go to look up on my Apple Watch, and it's on the the media controls, right? So if you've ever used the exercise feature, there's three screens. 
um, there is in the middle sits the, the timer, like it's counting up in the time and it's showing you how far you've run. And I think it might even show your calories. Picture that as the middle screen. If you swipe to the left, you're going to get the options to end, pause, resume. So, you know, those, there's four buttons there for basically, do you want to end the workout? So that's on the far left screen. Okay, so you go back to the middle. Again, that's the that's the timer and that's your steps counter. And then you swipe to the right and that's your media controls. Okay, so I was in the media controls when I basically flicked my watch over to see where I was at. And I thought, oh no, I want to swipe to the left so I can see how much how much distance I have left to see if I'm close to beating my personal record. As I'm trying to swipe to the left, I tapped accidentally because it's very hard not to hit on the song ID, like the title of the album or whatever it was. And that launched the music app. Okay. So now I'm deeper. I'm one level deeper in the UI than I want to be. And I'm trying to get back. So I'd say my first instinct was to swipe back to the left. Now I'm scrolling through whatever's in that music app. It's like albums or album titles or maybe playlists or something. And so I try again to swipe and I tap on a playlist and it's like super chill playlist. So you got to think I'm running to a song that has very high beats per minute, you know, like let's say a techno song like and I'm just like feeling it. I'm about to break my personal record. Now I've accidentally tapped a few things and now it switches to like classical, like Beethoven, like all I hear is a piano now. And so not only can I not see how far I've run, it's completely killed my mojo with this very slow classical music switching it when I had no intention of switching it. And by the time I'm able to stop that music, get back. And again, you got to think I'm still running, not as a super fast clip, but I think the treadmill says like 7.5 or eight, you know, miles per hour or whatever. So I'm flailing my arms and my legs. It's not like I'm just slowly walking and I'm just a bad tapper. Like this is just something you encounter when you're running on the treadmill and you got to try to, act, you know, work your watch. And long story short, by the time I, by the time I get back to the right screen, I see where I'm at. I'm at like 3.12 miles. So I'm way over where I should have stopped the workout at and I'm over whatever time would have been my personal record. I was just so mad. I think I'm pretty sure I sent you that message in Slack right after I got off the treadmill. I was like, we are talking about this on Monday. Oh, that's why I found it. <laughs> you're like, I found it super strange to receive a message like two days before the show about a Slack what message like about. Saturday. Yeah. Was, well, like, for me, weird. it was Saturday at like 630. I was getting a run in before I went out and did my Saturday night thing. And oh, I was heated because I felt really good. I was like, man, I feel good. I'm not even like that tired. I felt like I was running at a really good pace. And again, I thought, you know, whatever my record is, 23 minutes or whatever, I was like, I'm going to beat that. And uh, yeah, Apple Watch foiled it for me. So again, thanks for, I really do appreciate like the tweets, people saying, hey, try deactivating the uh, automatically launch music apps or whatever that, that little feature is for Apple Watch. I tried it. It just, it has nothing to do with being able to tap that. I just wish Apple would enable you to disable tapping that or even not make it a thing at all i mean it's I, maybe there's some people out there that get a lot of use out of it but again in the exercise feature i just don't see why you would want to do that i think at this point you should stop either listening to music or stop running <laughs> or both. <laughs> one of the two well and so to be fair some people did recommend some other apps um and i still have yet to really give uh nike run app nike plus run app a, a fair shake someone did recommend i think strava <laughs> and i was like 
that seems like it's for very serious runners. And I just don't really consider myself that. I also don't run outdoors, which I've always kind of felt was associated with that. Apparently, there's an indoor run feature on it. So I do like it's not fair to criticize without trying to fix the problem myself. I do need to try out some of these other apps. This is probably the, you know, at least for a little bit, the last time I'm going to bring up this Apple Watch thing and complain about it. But that was just a an especially big bummer. And again, I was like, see, this validates my complaint from last week. So I just thought I'd share. All right. Thanks for sharing. Now, instead <laughs> of complaining about something, do you want to say something nice about Apple Watch? Oh, man. I could go on and on. Okay, so... You, I feel bad, man, because have you, you have not been able to try this ECG feature, have you? All right. Yeah. We're talking here about the ECG, <laughs> the electrocardiogram feature that was just released, uh, with the watchOS 5.1.2. You're right. Yeah. Um, and we, we all knew from the very beginning, from the time that Apple mentioned this the first time on stage, they said that this, was going to launch first in the United States. And there was this unspoken understanding that if you have, uh, if you have uh, probably like an Apple ID that is uh, a US Apple ID, like I have, or if, um, you trick the region settings to pretend that you are in the US, which I do not for tricking, just because I want my iPhone set as it is in the US. Um, then we all assumed, I think, that you would be able to to get the ECG feature when it comes to to Apple Watch. Um, you, you know, that's that's something you can always al- already do with a bunch of things. You can, for example, be in uh, Russia and have a, U- a U.S. iTunes account, and you can, you know, buy movies from the U.S. and all that stuff. On and You can get Apple News. I mean, things that are just for the U.S. You can do even though you're not in the U.S. because your I- iTunes account, uh, your Apple ID is a U.S. one, and maybe you tricked your, your iOS device to, to say that you are in the U.S. So I, you know, I didn't have to cheat or anything. I didn't have to create a new Apple ID because again, I have my Apple ID is a US Apple ID. My region is set to US always on all my devices. And then uh, I rushed to download the the update and then I search on the watch, can't find anything. I search in the on on the watch app you know, on the iPhone, I search in the settings, can't see anything. And I'm like, hmm, that's that's weird. And then it came out that uh, you cannot get the ECG feature unless you are one, 22 years old and or more, uh, because under 22, uh, um, the watch says that it, it is not, um, uh, it does, it's not completely accurate. So it doesn't want to give you any false information. So it doesn't work at all. If, uh, you're, if in the ELF app, you said you were, you know, 22 or younger. Uh, younger than 22, not the case for me. Um, but, um, the big one is that if you did not buy your watch in the United States, you can't get the ECG feature on the watch. And I bought my watch in France. And again, although I, I meet all the other criterias, I'm older than 22, US accounts, uh, US, uh, region setting. I can't get the the watch to uh, to to show the ECG app, and that's a major major bummer 
And I kind of went on a little mini rant the other day on Twitter. Very mini. I try to keep these like as short as possible. I don't go like dozens of tweets about it because it doesn't, re- <laughs> it doesn't really move the needle. You know, it's just like venting out a little bit and trying to gather a few people that feel that, that, that are in the same shoes so that I don't feel less miserable. You know, misery loves company. So. And I found a there few, pe- I found a few people that were in the same shoes and I'm still very upset about it because, um, I'm a U.S. citizen, you know, I'm Apple, U.S. Apple ID. And basically I am penalized for having bought my watch in France. Now, mind you, I do live in France currently, Cody. So that's something, right? Like <laughs> you could argue that, well, you live in France, so you shouldn't be, you shouldn't have this. But I'm not going to live in France eternally. As a matter of fact, next July, we're moving back to the United States. Um, what if by then, France hasn't approved um, the ECG app on Apple Watch in France. That means that I'm going to go back to the US and then come September, I'm going to buy the Apple Watch Series 5 uh, coming out. And I'm not going to be able to say when I'm sending my uh, Series 4 that it does ECG because it wasn't bought in the US. And I think Apple should have been more forthcoming about this and explain like, okay, for this to work, you're going to have to buy the watch in the US have a, a US Apple ID and, uh, and that's it basically. I feel, I feel really misled here. You know, I feel like Apple didn't tell me the whole story when I bought my watch because if they had, I would have probably done some sort of trickery to be able to return my French watch just in time for when I go to the United States in about 10 days, actually in just 10 days for the holidays. We're going to Chicago for the holidays. I'm going to go back there and I'm not going to be able to um, to even use this ECG thing. Uh, if I had known like the limitation from the get-go, I would have done otherwise. I would have you know, delayed the purchase of this watch or I would have figured out something to not end up with a French Apple watch. Um, so to cut it short here, because this is not the topic... <laughs> <laughs> I love how we were like, let's talk positive. Yeah, about let's talk something. positive. No, but the, the positive thing is what I'm going to do when I go to the US in 10 days, um, you can bet that in 11 days, <laughs> my butt <laughs> is going to be in the closest Apple store. And I think I'm going to ask to talk. My strategy is going to be to ask to talk to the manager right away. I don't want to talk to some employee that doesn't have any kind of decision power. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, talk to the manager and explain the situation. You know, here, uh, here is my passport. I'm a U.S. citizen. Um, I have a U.S. Apple ID, as you can see. Uh, I have my, you know, even though I speak with a weird accent, I'm a U.S. citizen. And I plan on living in the United States very soon. I bought this watch in France. And it was not clear to me that uh, this watch would be uh, geo-locked somehow. I don't know if it's per um, uh, social, uh, social, uh, uh, how do you call this, um, serial number or something, but it's locked somehow. It's locked. It's a software lock. I don't know how, but it's locked somehow. Uh, and I'm going to explain that to the guy and, and ask for a random act of kindness and uh, ask him to take my Apple Watch and give me a new one. Uh, one from the United States, one with which I'll be able to use the uh, the ECG app for, and that's uh, that's my strategy. And quite frankly, I think it's going to work. And if it doesn't, you know what I'm going to do? 
I'm going to try another Apple store. And if it doesn't, <laughs> I try another Apple store until it actually works. Because eventually I think it will. You know, at the Apple store, sometimes you ask for a personal request, something that they don't have to do, uh, not legally or anything. And sometimes they don't do it. But if you talk to another employee or go to a different Apple store, you might, you might, you know, be talking to a different person that have, that has different way of looking at it. And that might be thinking, Hey, whatever, I'll just do that for this person because sometimes they have the power to do this. I know I've had issues in the past where I went to the Apple store and I wanted, I had a problem with an iPhone or something. And the guy was like, no, I can't do anything about this. You know, like I can't see the issue, whatever. And I was like, okay, fine. I came, went back home went back to my computer, took another appointment at the exact same Apple store. And I was like, eh, chances are I'm not going to find the, I'm not going to have the same guy again. And, uh, yep. I talked to a different employee and the employee was much more understanding of my situation and, you know, replaced the iPhone or fix it. I don't remember what it was. Basically, if you try your luck several times, sometimes <laughs> it pays off at the, at the Apple store. Apple store hacks with Sebastian. <laughs> now, Tell me all about ECG because I can't experience <laughs> it myself. <laughs> well, does it? Are we positive that that's the one? Uh, like that's the key identifier is the Apple Watch must have been purchased in the U.S. Because I've seen I've seen a lot of variables of either your phone and your Apple Watch have to be from there. Somebody said my I bought my watch in Poland or wherever he said, and he's like, mine's working fine. So I just wanted I wasn't sure if we had like a definitive answer on this yet. Well, I don't know, but f we don't have a definitive answer. But from what I've seen from all the people who were not, in, you know, in the U.S. and we said, hey, I don't, you know, it's working for me. I mean, all these people had the watch bought in the U.S. I've seen, right. and I, I, I'm not going to say I saw, I saw dozens of these. It was just a few inst instances on uh, Twitter and Reddit mostly. And in all of the people that I saw myself that said that they got it to work, even though they were not in the U.S., they all bought the watch in the U.S., had a friend buy it in the U.S. and send it to them or got it in the U.S. on a recent trip or something like this. So that's why, to me, this is probably, to me, this is probably serial number. Apple knows what serial numbers, the, the range of Apple watches with the range of serial numbers that are in the ship to the US. They know that for sure. So they can say in the software update, you know, like from serial number, you know, A A1 to A26, these are from the United States. You can run uh ECG app with watchOS uh, 5.1.2. Anything outside of that, don't run it. Um but right. and then when France, if France approves this app, say next month, what they're gonna re Apple is gonna release a new software update, including all the serial number ranges from uh, Apple Watches that were sold in France. I think that's that's fairly simple and not something you can actually tweak in the settings, like changing the uh, the region or something. Um, so, I think that's the that I think that 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 is that is it, really. The best way I've seen this situation summed up, because it's got to be legally, right? Apple's trying to cover themselves oh, yeah. legally because this is a very health-oriented feature. This isn't like, you know, turning on uh, iCloud for messages. This is like, this is regarding people's health. So there's different regulations in different territories. The best way I've seen it summed up, though, is uh, uh, it's a uh, developer slash hacker, uh, Steven Stroughton-Smith on Twitter said, uh, so you're telling me I could be, you know, have a serious heart 
pro- I, I can't remember what it was exactly. It's like I could be having a heart attack and my watch knows it and it's just not going to tell me because uh, Apple hasn't filled out the correct paperwork or a country is not going to approve this in a, in a quick enough fashion. So it's just it's definitely it, it puts a good frame on it like, wow, this red tape is ridiculous because your pow- your watch might have the power to save your life and – you know, um, if you're not in the U.S. right now, that's n- it's not going to. So anyways, that's uh, again, that's enough with like the negative stuff on this, because I actually had a really positive experience. Um, I was able to install the update uh, and uh, get this to work. So I guess for those who aren't super familiar with what we're talking about, the ECG app, Apple demoed it on stage. Uh, it's it's an echocardiogram. It measures the electric uh, kind of like pulse of your heartbeat. Right. So it can, t- like, you can sending an electric pulse throughout your body. And I think it goes through your heart. I don't know this. I'm not a doctor, but it, uh, it's fairly accurate and being able to tell you your heart rhythm. And they do this all the time in like emergency rooms. It's usually the first thing they'll do for you if you come in complaining of chest pains, like they'll run this. And it's more of, and it's a more, uh, let's not get this mixed up with an actual ECG. So when you go the when you go to like a, a hospital and they hook up, they'll usually hook up multiple contact points for you. This is Apple calls it. It's very similar to a one lead ECG. So imagine just having one of those cups on you instead of a bunch of the suction cups on you. And uh, what it's really good at diagnosing is an irregular heartbeat and in particular AFib or arthritis. A trivial fibrillation. Oh my gosh, this is going to sound terrible. I don't, I can't say these words, but anyways, AFib. Let's just call it AFib. It's way easier, but that's what this really excels at, at finding. So anyways, when you install, you get everything installed and, um, you set up, uh, the, uh, ECG app from within the health app on your iPhone and, uh, I will say, okay, there's two things I thought of right away. One, I'm impressed Apple was able to ship this so early i mean i know they announced it at the event in what was it september october but this just felt like one of those features that we weren't going to see for six months because it's a serious very again health related feature it just had that feeling to me of we may not see this one for a while but kudos to them for getting it shipped what a, a month or two later and number two is i hadn't thought about how I would feel going into the test. You know, it's been a couple of years probably since I've had a full blown like physical at the doctor. And as I'm setting this up, right? So how you do it is you put, you open the ECG app on your Apple watch and you hold your finger on the digital crown and you got to make sure that your hands and your arms are either relaxed on a table in front of you or in your lap in front of you. They've got to be relaxed and, and kind of like set up on something. And so you put your finger, you hold it to the digital crown for 30 seconds. You're going to see a countdown clock on your actual Apple watch. And the whole time you see this little kind of like heartbeat animation. And again, I I think I noted this on Twitter. I felt a little bit of panic. I was like, what am I going to do if it comes back AFib? You know, like, does that mean an immediate trip to the hospital? Does that mean schedule something with your cardiologist? Like it's a, it's, it's kind of a daunting feeling. That's something I hadn't considered, you know, like we don't do, you don't give yourself a home kind of like health test like this very often. And so uh, it was it was something I noted that happened with me. And I thought, is this happening with other people or are other people out there either scared to do this? Like maybe they're going, I don't want to know. You know, that's kind of how a lot of people treat their health. They're like, if I don't know about it, it's, it didn't happen or it's not bothering me. Um, but anyways, I took the test. It came back. Uh, what is it called? It's 
some kind of rhythm. It came back with the rhythm that says that you're fine, like you have a normal heartbeat rhythm. But I took it a step further. I actually have a buddy who reads these things as his job, right? So he works at a company that leases hundreds of these devices that hook up to people's chests and they shoot back remotely. They shoot back these charts. And so basically think of a cardiologist maybe has like a 100 patients that he wants to monitor their hearts at all times. They're at risk for either AFib or irregular heartbeats. He wants to monitor at all times. Well, he uh, contracts this company to watch these patients. And so their job is to read these charts all day long. And if they see an irregular heartbeat, they tell somebody, you know, they call a doctor and they say, I see this anyway. So he's been doing this for probably a decade, very intelligent. And so I sent him what basically you can send to a doctor, right? You can, there's a way in the ECG app from directly from your recording, you can share via PDF. You can share that with a physician. So I shot a little screenshot of that chart to my buddy. I said, Hey, what do you think? And he was able to tell me, he's like, you're at, you're at, uh, you're on the cusp of a one degree blockage. And of course that sounds terrible. So I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> he's like, no, 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 no. That's good. That's good. One degree. Like that's nothing. And he's like, you're not even at a one degree. And so he was able to just give me some interesting details just by reading the peaks and valleys of this rhythm recording. And I just thought this is so cool. And I said, well, hey, you, you know, and he sent me back an image of what he was looking at. And it was almost identical. It, the chart looked just the same. So, of course, I'm thinking Apple nailed this. But I said, well, what do you think of the Apple Watch version? He's like, that's legit. He's like, that's a real thing. He's like, these machines were leasing out to people. They're thousands of dollars. And you just did this with your three or $400 Apple Watch. And so, again, I was just – I was so impressed uh, of not only the quality of – you know, just just of everything, the whole experience – and I thought this is really going to help people. And sure enough, it has. We've seen multiple stories now of people that have not been to uh, doctors in a while. They had their watches tell them that they had AFib and uh, they were able to go and get that checked out. And now they're with cardiologists and probably, you know, mitigating life threatening type health problems. So I just I can't clap my hands enough for Apple shipping this on such a large, such a mainstream consumer product. And I just, if anything, if Apple, if anything's ever been undersold for Apple, I think it's this. I think I saw maybe a, a, a quick blip of this on the local news, but this should have made headlines everywhere. This is going to change the way people look at health. I can't imagine how many people went to see doctors that hadn't in a long time because their Apple Watch told them something. You know, not everybody hops on Reddit to say, hey, look what the Apple Watch did for me. I, I can't imagine how many people um, went and then just didn't tell anybody about it and, and have the Apple Watch to thank for it. I like that you didn't go all in claiming that Apple Watch has already saved dozens of lives because that's the headlines that I saw. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold on your horses. Like, <laughs> hold, your, hold your horses, guys. Like this guy wasn't dying and Apple Watch magically saved him. I, right. you know, like it's not that I want to take, take anything away from having this uh, amazing feature uh, that people can can use literally on their wrist at all times. But um, like this one example from uh, this Reddit guy who said, who, you know, tested and said he had AFib, went to the doctor. The doctor said, well, your Apple Watch saved your life. You should buy Apple stocks, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh-huh. well, you know, like this guy might have gone all his life without knowing and die at 97 years old of oldness basically and not have any hard issue ever in his life so you know like you i i think like, there should be some 
some restraint about like, oh, you know, this feature is saving lives. And without a doubt, it will, it will save lives for sure. It will, but it's not like it's saving everybody's lives, uh, for anyone who's trying it and, and return some, uh, some, uh, some result that show that there is some sort of medical condition. So I just, just wanted to make, to, to make this clear. But other than yeah. that, yeah. Um, hey, <laughs> maybe, who knows? Maybe I'm dying. I don't even know it, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, my watch could tell me. Your watch probably knows. Your yeah. watch is like, it wants to send that alert, but it hits whatever checkpoint there is that says, nah, he's in France. <laughs> <laughs> he's not worth saving. It's, it's kind of messed up when you think about it. Ah, he's French. He'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, but but then you think about the the like you said earlier, like the legal implications of this. And I totally get it. Like there is no, you know, there's one thing you don't want to mess with. It's, uh, it's law regarding health, you know, like, because, because, I mean, there's so much at stake here for Apple. Uh, they, they wouldn't want to have any kind of, uh, product that could, that, that could, be legal trouble and that would be big big legal trouble for them if something happened uh with this so i totally get it why it's not in france why it's only in the u.s right now they need approval from different countries and everything and uh i get it but still it's very infuriating especially because you know if i if i was french lived in france full time forever you know for the rest of my life but like I'm okay. I'm French, but I'm also American. I lived in the <laughs> U.S. I come to France temporarily. I'm going back to the U.S. That's why I feel like this, like uh, if someone, <laughs> this is so self-serving. If someone <laughs> should have this feature, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, cool feature. I can't wait to try it in <laughs> on December twenty-first when I <laughs> when I successfully. Cool. Exchange he goes anyway. Watch. Cool feature. Can't wait to try it out when maybe I need my life saving. <laughs> uh, it's. I mean, and you're right to kind of tamp down the expectations here. It's. I mean, it's not like. It's, it's honestly, and, and on, if you're looking at, if you're comparing scale to scale, it's not as important of a feature as, let's say, the I've fallen feature, right? You fall and maybe you can't physically get up. Maybe you're not even conscious to be able to call in the emergency services. Um, let's not forget the Apple Watch will alert emergency services for you. That's something it does. So it's probably not even on that level of, of, uh, you know, importance. But uh, again, I think it's going to send, maybe even falsely on some occasions, it's going to send a lot of people to the hospital and to the doctors and to get things checked out. Um, just an interesting, interesting thing, man. I can't believe I didn't hear more about people being like, "Ooh, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to try this. Because again, I think people are just in general kind of touchy about their health, right? Yeah. Usually you always hear people, ah, my shoulder hurts. Oh, you're going to go get that looked at? Nah, it'll work itself out. You know, like... It just feels like I hear that all the time, anything regarding health. And uh, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just a procrastinator that's like, ah, I don't need medicine. I'll be all right. But uh, this was definitely like a, uh, uh-oh, what, what am I going to do if it says AFib? And I think, I wish there were more resources here. I know Apple kind of put some stuff up. They put some disclaimers. This will not detect a heart attack. It will not detect, uh, I forget what the other two warnings were, but they gave proper notification there. But I also wish they said, here's what to do if you see this. If you do get AFib, don't freak out. You know, wait an hour, wait 30 minutes, wait an hour, retest it. I think this this person that made this very popular Reddit post said that he tested it 
several times over a 24 hour period. And then he tested it, I believe, on his wife. He had, I didn't understand this either. He had his wife try on the Apple Watch and then it read her heartbeat. But I thought it was very tailored to you as a person, like your age. Uh, I don't I don't know if it takes like your height and your weight into account, but I thought it was tailored to the person. I guess not. I guess it can tell regardless of who's wearing it if that person has an irregular heartbeat. But uh, I'm just saying he gave up multiple fell safes. And then finally, when it, you know, on the sixth or seventh time it read AFib, um, he went in to see somebody. So it can tell you if it's AFib, if you have a regular heartbeat, it, it's a, called a sinus uh, rhythm is the regular heartbeat. And then the third one is inconclusive. So if your heart rate is too fast or too slow, or maybe your arms weren't positioned correctly, it'll just say inconclusive and you'll want to test again. But I wish Apple had maybe some better resources of, if you see this, don't freak out, but maybe schedule, you know, maybe go get it read at a full ECG machine or EKG machine where they put the multiple leads on you and they can give you a really proper reading. Um, And then above that, maybe just go to the doctor if you haven't in a long time. But, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to see Apple giving – this is like the third time I've said it – but to have some kind of resource available for them. Well, I'm glad you're still alive and your heart is still beating properly, Cody. <laughs> hey, I was really happy to get that sinus. Like I probably – I did a huge Tiger Woods fist pump when it said sinus. I was like, yes, super healthy heart. And immediately dies of a heart attack of <laughs> happiness. <laughs> well, like I said – and it was kind of cool that I had this resource to reach out to my buddy and say, hey, what do you think? You know, somebody in the industry. And I know it kind of blew his mind a little bit because he he lightly follows tech. You know, he's the type of person that's always asking me about the new iPhone and the new iPads. Like, hey, is it worth getting? And, of course, he knew about the new Apple Watch. And just by the nature of his work, was aware of this feature. And he's like, did you send this? He calls it an iWatch. He's like, did you send that from your iWatch 4? And I was like, I was like, yep. And he was like, that's awesome, man. And so to get that kind of feedback from somebody in the business was cool. And uh, like I said, he freaked me out with that. You're on the cusp of one degree blockage. I was like, don't say blockage. (laughs) You don't say blockage when you're looking at somebody's heart reading. And on the cusp of it, you know, on the cusp of it, you're like this close to cusp out. (laughs) I was like, so what can I do to, what can I do to just make that a four lane highway again? (laughs) And he was like, no, 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 you're fine. I was like, well, then don't say blockage. Just say you're fine. (laughs) Just say, it looks like you're fine, Cody. That reminds me of this uh, Family Guy episode where they go to the doctor and uh, I can't remember who's sick or whatever, but the doctor is like, uh, yes, uh, you're dying. You're dying of laughing because I have an amazing joke for you. And he keeps like oh, yeah, pu- he, putting it out like <laughs> It's constant. He keeps faking them out with... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just have a few months... Until the next episode of whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, and finally at the at the end, it's either Lowe's or Peter is like, uh, <laughs> please stop. I can't take any more stick. <laughs> you know, stick comedy. I can't take any more of this. All right. But the ECG feature, cool. Rounding that up. Uh, I know uh, Harris does a really good uh, hands-on video for people who don't have access to the feature or would just like to know more about it. He does a great demonstration of how it's supposed to work and everything. Check out that video. Uh, I think we even did a little tutorial on how to use it if you need even more resources there. Um, just very impressive and a, a really good indicator of what Apple could do here in the health space. Because the more people have access to this feature, and we didn't even touch on this. If you don't have an Apple Watch 4 with the ECG feature, as long as you have an Apple Watch Series 1 or newer, so anything but the original Series 0 watch, you are going to get... Uh, an irregular heartbeat notification. 
right? So you, it'll still kind of keep an eye on you and say, and kind of give you a heads up if it thinks your heart is ticking funny. Um, so again, just across the board, really well done here. And it makes me excited to see what else Apple can do in this health space because you used to think, man, how's Apple going to get in health when there's all this red tape around the insurance companies and, uh, you know, uh, trying to get something passed by the regulatory agencies is just a pain. But no, here they, uh, what is it? The FDA, they got clearance with the FDA, worked hand in hand with them for a long time to come to an agreement to say, Hey, this is what the feature is going to do. Are, are you cool with this? And they said, yeah. And, uh, as you know, Apple watch is getting administered by a bunch of these insurance companies. And, um, yeah, I think they're doing big things here. Right. And hopefully it rolls out faster than Apple news to the rest of the world. <laughs> That's it. That's what I have to say. <laughs> You're like ready to not talk about this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for once I had access to like a feature or product that you didn't have access to. Usually it's you talking about like the HomePod or maybe you got your watch like a month before me and you're talking about it and I have to sit back and listen. The shoe is on the other foot, my friend. Yep. I see that. It doesn't fit very well. <laughs> <laughs> Next week I'm like, Hey, let's talk more about this ECG feature. <laughs> Sending me like your, or in your a month PDF when you finally have yours, you're going to want to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> How's it looking, Seb? <laughs> I just keep, yeah, just sending you my my heartbeat PDFs. You send me yours now. <laughs> All right, enough. Oh, man. Enough. Yeah. Uh, All right, buddy. I got to go. I was going to say anything else, but it looks like we did it. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Um, Let's talk about, uh, let's talk next week, but I don't want to hear about the ECG feature ever again until I have it on my wrist, okay? <laughs> Can we agree All right, on that? deal. <laughs> yeah, that's a deal. I'll see you next week. Next week. Bye bye.